Hello, and welcome to another episode of Keeping Abreast with Karen. Today, we come to you in this god-awful July heat. Oh, Chuck, I hope you're staying out of this heat. Uh, that's not a problem. I am out of the heat. Well, we're kind of staying out of society for right now. <laughs> um, we've uh, actually had some changing circumstances. Chuck and I are not sitting together like we normally do on a Mammary Monday coming to you. Um, Chuck, how are you feeling today, dear? Well, that will explain a little bit of, of the distancing that we're doing right now. I am very, I have on good authority that I have COVID-19 right now. And I am awaiting test results from our good friends at Oxner. And it was great on Friday, I had been informed that I possibly could have been exposed. So I hurried up and got a test. And luckily, I was able to walk into an Oxner Urgent Care and, and, and get a test very quickly. They triaged me over the phone. I was able to social distance. Um, I got my brain tickled with the thing in your nose very well. It, <laughs> it's not as bad as you think it is. And I'm not as tough as I might project. But um, what I have had to do is, is isolate. And I've been very fortunate that you were you left some things on my doorstep for me that I needed a thermometer because you can't go to the store. They tell you you can with gloves and a mask. I really don't want to infect anyone. So I am very blessed to have you guys help me out. Uh, I'm very blessed to have Amazon <laughs> and order some Whole Foods get delivered to the house and left outside. And um, I'm just kind of riding this thing out. That's all you can do. Um, and I was very happy to bring you supplies from the drugstore, but it's it's funny. I don't know if you've noticed, wink, wink, that um, I don't hear as well as I used to. And I just kept looking at you through the door like, why aren't you opening the door? <laughs> yeah. We're screaming, mom, go home. I'm not opening this door. Just leave it on the porch. <laughs> and, and God bless your soul. You, you, you're so sweet and you're there to help. And I'm sure you wanted to kiss my I forehead. Like, and I did. I wanted in. to check your fever like moms are supposed to do. Yes, and I love you very, very much, and I don't want you to get sick. So I, the dogs at the door, like wondering why I'm not letting you in. But uh, it, it was pretty amusing. It. Pretty amusing. Well, uh, all good on this end, um, but you just need to take care of yourself, and and you're going to recover just fine. This is this is just a nasty virus that's got to run its course. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. The not tasting is weird. I'm very fortunate because I'm in good health. Um, I try to eat right and exercise and take care of, you know, I'm, I'm, I got 35 year old guy bod, but um, I'm fortunate that this hasn't taken a toll on me. I, I don't feel like it's getting severe or that I'm going to have a hospitalization in my future. And, and I don't think that's, that that doesn't exist out there. It's just that my case is fortunate. So I, I, I think encourage everyone to stay vigilant. I think you're right. And, and no one in our family has been more um, vigilant about the whole COVID protocol than you. And how ironic is it that you wind up with it? It just, you know, you just never know. So I think uh, with that, that's kind of what the theme of today is, you know, after yeah, this, so now, now what? what? <laughs> <laughs> We've got... We've got two pretty great interviews in that realm. We do, two very different story spectrums. Um, and the first is with 
Kelly Drummond, who uh, has been kind enough to allow us to follow her through her very early detection, very proactive um, breast diagnosis journey. We won't even call it cancer yet because it, it really is. And she has a breast diagnosis. So with that said, let's listen to Kelly's story and um, we'll talk a little bit about it after. Welcome to another segment of Mammary Monday. Today we have joining us Kelly McKernan Drummond, who is a very unique story. She is a poster child for early detection and the follow through that it takes to maintain surviving the possibility of cancer or eradicating the possibility of having cancer. Kelly, welcome today. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, Karen? Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you. Kelly and I met in another lifetime, in another universe, <laughs> in yes. the world of education. Uh, we both started new teaching positions in the same year, and um, we had a great run together as teachers. It was a lot of fun. And you are still teaching, is that correct? I am still teaching, yes. Bless you. We, we, you guys are some amazing folks. I think a lot of people have discovered recently during this quarantine that teachers um, are very valued and serve an incredible service to our children. Um, it's, it's not easy teaching. People don't realize that. It's not. Yeah, 26 years. This is 26 years. It'll be wow. Late. Wow. Well, bless you for that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your diagnosis. Can you, um, well, first of all, we'll tell our audience that you have graciously volunteered to allow us to follow you through this journey that you are on. And it seems to be um, evolving and changing here and there and probably keeping you on your toes a little bit. Yes, um, it is. So would you tell our audience exactly what your diagnosis is and where you are in your journey? Okay. Um, I have been diagnosed with um, atypical ductal hyperplasia cells. Um, breast cancer is not diagnosed yet, but I am in the high risk percentage of having breast cancer because I have so many of these cells. Um, two years ago, I had I have yearly mammograms. Um, I had a call back to have another mammogram. Went back, had that nothing, no steps needed to be taken. This January, I had my yearly mammogram, and um, I always go demand 3D. It's one of my first questions. You know, is it a 3D mammogram? And they say yes. Um, I had my mammogram done on a Friday. They called me back Monday and said you need to come back in and have another mammogram. I was able to get in that that day. Got in. Had the mammogram eight o'clock in the morning. Within a little bit of time, the radiologist walked in as I was getting ready to leave, and she said, "You need to have a biopsy done. We see a, quite a few of these cells, and I want them biopsied." I said, "I'm off of work today. Can we do it today?" Within two hours, I was having the biopsy done at the hospital. That is an ideal scenario, truly. Um, yes. No waiting, no wondering, yes. and available to have the biopsy done immediately. That is, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that for sure. Right. Yeah. So three cheers for 3D tomosynthesis mm -hmm. mammography. Um, yeah. Never would have seen that likely on any other 
type of screening. Um, the software is incredible. The resolution is incredible. And I'm, I'm so pleased that you are in command of this situation and it's not in command of you. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. As I we were saying that day, I wanted it yeah. done. So they called insurance said, go eat something, come back. And it was all done, you know, within hours, within two hours. That's, of biopsy. That's fabulous. Uh, and, and your story is unique in that there are so many variables in your diagnosis and your ongoing observation or and your professionals who are observing your situation very carefully. Um, what is your next course of action? Um, well, after that, I went to see the surgeon. Um, I had an MRI done and she said, you know, that um, I needed the cells removed. So I had seed markers and surgery to remove the hyperplasia cells were all done on in February. They were all removed. Um, then I had an oncology appointment just last week. So I went to see an oncologist and she put me on tamoxifen. We discussed mm -hmm. it, talked about it with you, talked about it with several people, and I thought it was best to, you know, start. So I've started tamoxifen, so I've been I've been taking it now. Um, it'll be um, you know, almost a week. And you are so very fortunate to be a candidate for tamoxifen. Not all of us are. Um, it's, it's kind of like a little insurance policy, and, and I'm happy for you for that. That's wonderful. And you're not having any adverse side effects, that you're tolerating it well? So far, hot, getting hot, you know, but I think you know, that's part of other things going, but nothing to, that I can speak of that I can complain, you know, that would make me stop. So you should give it about a month, between three you know, weeks to a month, if I do have side effects that I can't tolerate, they can cut the dosage down because I'm on 20 milligrams, you know, so just that we'll try to work out the dosage to see if it has to be lowered. But this is the standard dosage right now that I'm taking once a day, the tamoxifen. And, and you are very slightly built, so it may be more than you need, but it's just a matter of kind of waiting to see. And that brings up a great point for us in precision medicine. Um, you're kind of poking around or, or, or your doctors are kind of doing the blanket treatment and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. What's coming down the road for Louisianians um, likely in January of 22, I'm told, is that precision medicine will be available to cancer patients. And that is a course of action that um, is detailed and customized for the cancer patient via gene mapping. So um, that is going to be coming through. However, you did talk to your doctor about possibly doing some gene mapping and what, what were you told? Yes, that she did. We talked about that and I actually met this morning at 10 a.m. through a virtual meeting mm -hmm. with um, the genetic counselor appointment um, I gave them all of my family history for the cancers in the family and didn't qualify for family. I only had a three, maybe out of the five factors, so it wasn't medically necessary, they found. But through a lab, I can, I do, you know, I can make, insurance may cover it or it may not. It's at, a, you know, the cost, um, they cap the cost off. But yes, I'm going to have the genetic mapping test done. So they're going to do that. And so I talked to them, filled out the form. Um, it's the um, it's, it's called genetic testing. It's a tumor suppressor genes. It says they're going to test, and I chose to do the multiple cancer panel. So 84 genes will be tested, mm -hmm. um, and so I have to just sign the consent form, 
and I'm waiting for the saliva test kit to come in the mail and then that'll arrive in the mail and I'll mail that back and they said within 10 days I'll have the results. Kelly, you are very, very wise to do that. That's going to make all the difference in how you, your treatment goes and how your body responds to the treatment. Um, it, it's not guesswork. Right. Yes. Um, do you feel empowered or assisted by information that KTSRBI has been able to um, share with you? Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I, you know, Karen and I, I will text her, you know, I've called her. Um, I've talked to other people that I know in your foundation that have, you know, survived breast cancer. Um, you know, just talked to you, reading articles that you've sent me, going to your website, your Facebook page, the Cancer Advocacy um, page and group that you're in. I've read lots of articles they've had and I feel very empowered, um, very supportive that I know if I needed the help, I have someone I can get, you know, reliable and dependable and trustworthy help that I know I, you know, someone I'm trusting is in you, I know I, you know, you'll help me in the, just lead me in the right direction. And I also want to help other girls and women be proactive, do this. You know, I've already called two of my friends and said, did you have your yearly mammogram done? Get it done. And I'm going to stay on them until they have it done. I'm going to stay on them. It's funny how this situation affects you like that. Like you, you're, you are called to pay it forward, so to speak. Yes. And, um, and it's a really good way to, to help each other um, make sure we maintain our screenings, our annual screens and our checkups. And, uh, and I know you have a good support system at home. Oh, yes. um, I had the pleasure of speaking with your daughter, Morgan. Um, I think it was the day of your surgery and also your father messaged me. So I know your dad's a big, big fan of yours. So uh, I, I know you're in good hands in that respect. Yes, I am, yes. <laughs> So how are you managing your fears or maybe any anxieties that are commonly associated with um, a diagnosis that's a bit scary or some unwelcome news? Right. Yeah. Just putting, you know, saying you're in a high risk category and certain things can happen. You know, so every six months now, I have to have a mammogram, visit with the surgeon, then the next six months, an MRI and visit with the oncologist. So that's the kind of plan also. So, you know, it just seems every six months, I feel like I get a little nervous and worked up about what sure. those could be. Um, just talking to people daily, you know, I'll talk to you, you know, talking to friends and family, you know, prayers. I pray a lot, you know, sitting outside, kind of just relaxing, taking time for myself to just breathe, clear my mm -hmm. mind and think. I have a, a childhood friend that actually passed away from breast cancer a few years ago, and her brother wrote a book. It's called In Mary's Eyes. My mom and dad bought that for me for Easter. So I've been reading that. It's been her life story and different situations she went through with the cancer. And it's been very spiritually uplifting and just reading articles and just talking to people in that. It seems to help a lot. It really does. Um, wow. I, I would love to share the link for that book on our Thanks. webpage. It sounds like it's very useful information and, um, and very comforting, which is important during these times. Yes. Even little things I can remember going through that experience, if I would receive a card in the mail, mm -hmm. um, how it just made a big difference in my day or hearing from someone that I hadn't heard from or having someone who I really didn't know offer to help or bring a meal by. It, those little 
acts of kindness go mm-hmm. such a long way when you're you're in a fight for your life right yes yeah text little text or someone how are you doing thinking about you it's all it has to be it's it it makes a big difference mm-hmm. so you are amazingly healthy and fit mm-hmm. um have you had to change any of your dietary daily um strategies or what are you doing for yourself other than it sounds like you're doing a great job with um with giving yourself time to to um what's the word i'm looking for process all of this Mm -hmm. um no because it was funny because she you know she's writing stuff down saying you know don't eat a lot of red meat and watch your fat intake and watch that and i went well I've been a vegetarian, you know, a pescatarian because I do eat seafood. So for over 20 years, she went, okay, well, let's check that off the list. That one, one of your, your things that could help you, you know, one of your, um, uh, the ways that, you know, like di- um, diet, exercise. Um, she goes, let's check off the diet because you have that undertaken. So drinking more water. She mentioned about, I do like to walk. So she mentioned, you know, walking and vigorous for like 70 minutes out of the 150 minutes a week. So just little things like that, you know, to change, Mm -hmm. make sure you consciously do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically not, you know, dietary changes because I was already eating the vegetables and and, and eating all the proteins and stuff that she mentioned me eating already. And, And again, you're a prime example of picture of health and you don't necessarily know what is lurking um, but we can find out using 3D tomosynthesis mammography. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, um, do you mind if we check in with you in a few weeks? Um, I think you mentioned September is your next visit to um, another set of doctors. Do you mind if we visit with you after you've consulted with them? And July will be my next visit after I get the genetic mapping testing back. So I can tell you. Okay. July 7th, I have that appointment for the genetic testing results. And then in September, I'll have another mammogram and meet with the surgeon again in September. So yes. Well, that would be wonderful if you would allow us to visit again with you in July and September. We we want to see how your progress is going and cheer you on and I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you that you are in the driver's seat. Yes, definitely. Fantastic. And thank well, we you. We love you. Thank you for helping put me in that driver's seat. Girlfriend, I'm here. <laughs> I love you big time and we'll be in touch. Chin up. All right. Love you too, Karen. Bye, right, Chuck. Honey. Bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, when you when you hear interviews like that and it's somebody's real emotions um, all coming through the nervousness and the fear and and the hope uh, it's very powerful and we appreciate people that can maintain listening through these interviews and get through this but it's very very important to understand being proactive and getting screened and protecting because you can you can mitigate that fear so much more. And it's a very personal journey. Um, It's a very personal experience and for folks to generously share what their thoughts are, how raw their feelings are presently um, is a gift to folks who may be going through it themselves. It really does help to know that you're not alone and that 
there are people that you can speak with about it and always know that you can speak with us about it, that we're always here for you to lean on if you have questions, if you need advice. We don't always have the answers. We don't always know the answers, but we'll do our best to help you find them. And, and that's what we're here for. You know, we, we get to hear a lot of what is exciting and going on in the world of research and breast cancer care and the latest greatest between our medical professional friends and our friends at Cancer Advocacy Group of Louisiana who keep us informed of things. Um, we, try to, we try to be that resource for people. We have to be. Um, you know, we have to be our own healthcare advocate. Um, and I feel an importance to also help others be their own healthcare advocates. A lot of folks don't realize that the doctor doesn't go home at the end of the day and say, you know, I need to call all the patients that have ever come through my office and make sure they're doing okay. You have to make sure you're doing okay. That doctor's so happy to help you answer questions, but it's up to you to lead the way, to lead the path, to lead the charge. Well, one of my favorite quotes from the great Mike Tyson is, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And metaphorically Ouch. speaking, Kelly, Kelly got a bit of a shot that she took. Well, here she is with a plan. Here she is with being proactive and she's going she's gonna to throw a counterpunch. And we're here to help her and make sure she's got a nice big boxing glove. Indeed, because you can't just cower in the corner and hope somebody calls you with the answers or, or hope someone's looking out for you. You have to do it. You have to get up and do it. Well, we're here to make that easier. We're here to make that less stressful, hopefully more clear. And if we can answer questions that aren't answered in the pod or on the website, reach out to us. And I know, Mom, you don't mind me giving out Karen at KTSRBI.org. And... Absolutely. We are very, very happy to answer calls, emails. Um, it, it helps to to lean on someone and to get some advice and just another opinion sometimes. And here's some motherly advice today, Chuck. After this is over, you need to go take a nap. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drink plenty of fluids and take a good nap. Uh, I am not going to argue with that. As soon as, as we are done and live and uploaded, I will be crashing hard. Good. I and took I'll a small checking. coma yesterday. <laughs> well, that's the only thing that'll make it go away is just rest. And I'll be checking in on you later. So even, well, if, even if it's just a drive-by and, you know, y'all are just waving through the glass door. Well, me and Buster miss you tremendously. But that was, <laughs> that's the best you're getting from us. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next story is so special. Um, it's the story of the Clement family. They're a local New Orleans family who are incredibly close. Your typical New Orleans family, they do everything together. They live nearby each other for the most part. Um, and unfortunately, they lost their anchor in their mom, Donna Theo Clement. We were lucky enough to have the Clements allow us to name an award after her because she was such a special person. And I don't want to give too much away because um, the way Laura, her daughter, who is with us today, is going to tell it, um, I think will we'll leave you in awe. 
And I also suggest that you grab a Kleenex before you listen to this next story. And don't let that scare you off. You know, sometimes- Don't let it scare, it is such a beautiful story. It's one that you don't wanna miss. So let's hear from Laura Clement now. Hello and welcome to Keeping Abreast with Karen. Thanks for joining us for another Thankful Thursday. And today we are interviewing Laura Clement. Hi, Laura. Hello. Uh, Laura is the youngest of four children to Chris and Donna Clement of Metairie, Louisiana. And she has described herself to me as a rose amongst three thorns. So Laura has three brothers and I can empathize with the joys of having brothers because um, I have two myself, but your brothers are very charming and, and really good guys. They're great guys. So today, Laura is representing her family in her mother's memory as we discuss the Donna Thiel Clement Award. This award came to be recently, uh, and the inspiration for it stems from the kind of person that Donna, your mother, was and how she lived her life before she succumbed to breast cancer in 2018. This award is presented to an outstanding volunteer in the cancer community. And the first presentation was made at our 2019 Sip to Save event. And it was given to a lady whose name is Denise Duplantis. She was nominated by our friends at Oxner Health Systems. And the entire Clement family gathered to bestow the award on Mrs. Duplantis. Laura, you had sent some notes to me in advance about your mom. Um, Could you please talk to us about your mother's unconditional love and how close your family is, even in her absence? Sure. Um, As you know, there's no greater love than a mother's unconditional love. And, um, you know, I do believe that God chooses a mom for each person um, that's best for them. Uh, but my mom, she totally took it to the next level. She raised the bar, you know, she was always so welcoming and she was, she made everyone feel so special. And um, to give you an example, when my three brothers got married, um, we no longer took a a picture of a family of six, you know, um, the day they married, my sister-in-laws became family and um, they, you know, um, they were a part of our family and my mom didn't believe in in in-laws. She believed that once she joined our family, you were truly a part of it, you know? Um, and the best presence they gave us is um, a parent can give you a siblings, right? And they gave me three brothers, which, you know, it was hard growing up with them, but they, I'm blessed to have them now and we've been there for each other through all of this, so. How, how wonderful to have such an inclusive uh, family bond. That, that means so much. Yeah, and you can accomplish so much as a family, as a team, for sure. Right. Um, And you often describe your mother as having been very deeply faithful. And Mm -hmm. and during her illness, she participated in some drug trials Mm -hmm. and had some very severe side effects. Can you describe to our listeners what she endured and why she participated in the trials? Sure, she she participated in some trials that uh, MD Anderson and Hughes did. Um, you know, she was poked and prodded and she had lots of tests and, and blood work done. Um, unfortunately, those trials didn't help her, but it did give the doctors um, some information, some further research information for the future. Um, 
she was able to do her last trial here in Metairie at her oncologist, um, her, her office in Metairie. And um, she was very excited about this trial. Um, it had a lot of hope. And, um, you know, she would spend the entire day at the doctor's office and I would be with her and she told me, you know, she's like, Laura, you know, I'm not doing this for me. She's like, I'm doing this for the benefit of you and my granddaughters and for future generations and hope that they can find a cure for this breast cancer. Um, you know, so that That's was- That's a tremendous example of her selflessness. Right, and one of her side effects was from this particular trial, um, the medication made her walk diagonally. She could not walk in a straight line. So unfortunately, she had to be taken out of this trial and, um, and, and start the chemo again. So um, wow. you know, she did try everything that she could. Amazing. During your mother's uh, battle with breast cancer, you mentioned that she would find the strength to participate in family occasions, milestones, um, even when her energy level was completely depleted because on top of dealing with the breast cancer treatments, she endured lupus. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a tremendous fatigue factor all by itself. Mm -hmm. How did your family get through those tough days and how did they help her get through those exhausting days? Yeah, so my mom, she had this special gift um, and she had this, it was mind over matter. And it's something that I can't really describe because it was something that she just, she had, you know, she didn't fight, um, she didn't fight the fight to stay in bed. You know, she, she said she fought the fight to, to make memories with her grandchildren and she didn't want to miss events. So she was able to get herself to go to different events. You know, for example, um, I remember a time she recently had treatment and um, her hair was thinning. It was to the point where it was almost time to, to shave her head. And, um, and she wanted to go to Sacred Heart for Grandparents Day for her, her granddaughters, Levi and Lucia, Lucia. And she wanted them to see her as momsy, you know? Um, and so she did that and she was exhausted and she was, you know, she wasn't feeling well. And sure enough, the next day I, shaved, I had to shave her head. So she did that for those kids. Um, you know, a few other things she did was, you know, she made sure she visited her, um, her grandchildren who live in Houston. She made all their birthdays, their sacraments. She made sure she was there for that. Um, but something else that's something bigger that she did too was like for us, for me personally and my brothers is she had a, um, a chemo treatment and those, you know, those of you who've, who've had the chemo, you know, that, that, that chemo can just wipe you out and, you know, you can spend days in bed. And we had um, the big lymphomaniac party the next night. And she was like, I'm not missing this. This is, you know, this is a time for our family. It was a great fundraiser. She had, she put on her 70s costume. She had her <laughs> wig on. She was ready to go. We have the best pictures of her there. Um, and she, she did it. I don't know how she did it. I don't think I could personally do it, but she did it and she did it. And she, she was there, you know, to make memories with us. You know, um, you know, and, if, and like I said, if she was alive today, she would be your biggest supporter, your biggest fan, because everything that your foundation stands for is what she believed in. And so I think it's, she brought us together, you know, because this is truly what she believed in. And that is very 
succinct in why we named this award for her because of her selflessness, her strength, her courage, her ability to dig deep when there was nothing left to dig for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of person that we want to honor annually to to make your mother's memory carry forward. Um, Laura, you described your mother's passing as very peaceful as the family was finishing a rosary. In the last precious moments of her life, your mom found the courage to share some very tender, some very special thoughts with the family. Yes, um, let me go back just a little bit. Um, When my mom, um, when her cancer spread to her liver, she started to experience a little bit of fear for death. And, you know, she started thinking about that. And, you know, she asked Dr. Russo, what should she, she she wanted to know what to expect. And he told her, you know, um, you know, you're just going to kind of uh, fade away. It's going to be, you know, nothing to worry about. So that gave her a lot of comfort knowing that. and then after she was taken off that final trial, they decided to, you know, do the chemotherapy and they ended up going, uh, treating it aggressively. And they gave her a double dosage of the chemotherapy, um, which in the long run, the chemo ended up killing her rather than the cancer. Um, she, um, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Her last week of life, it, it wasn't, it was hard on her. She was in a lot of pain. She suffered greatly, but um, you know, the day that she passed, she passed on March 19th, 2018. And not only was it my dad's birthday, it's, it was also um, St. Joseph's Day, which he's the patron saint of a um, happy death. And um, just to let you know, you know, I would go visit her every morning from that 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. time. And, you know, we spent a lot of time when I got there, she was, they had her propped up in her bed. She was cheerful. She was um, very excited. The nurse said that she was, um, that she was watching the clock for me to get there. And we discussed a few things, you know, um, you know, I was so concerned about getting that Thanksgiving and Christmas day turkey, right? And I had always prepared for it, but I didn't know how to bake it. So she went through all the steps with me as best she could. Um, you know, we talked about signs and, you know, I asked her, you know, we, when my grandmother's passed, you know, would say, is, wish we could get a sign from Amy, my man. I asked her, I said, mom, you know, what can be our sign? And she said, honey, you'll just know. And, uh, and sure enough, I know, you know, I get the goosebumps from my head to my toes. and I know that's my mom, you know? And so um, I went to school later that day and I got a text message from, from my dad saying, you know, y'all need to get to the hospital, you know, as soon as possible. So um, when I got there, my dad and my oldest brother, Gregory, were in the hallway and they were talking to a bunch of doctors and nurses and both of them are engineers. So they both were trying to fix every single symptom. They're trying to, what can we do? What can we do? So I just went straight into the room. And the very first thing my mom told me was, Laura, I'm not afraid. And she was very peaceful and she was just very calm. And, you know, I knew then that, you know, that was the time. And, you know, the rest of my brothers and my sister-in-laws, the whole family was there. We spoke, um, she spoke to each of us. And, um, you know, my dad asked her, you know, when I, he said, he says, Donna, when I get to heaven, will you marry me again? And, you know, she said, yes. So that was very sweet. And she spoke to each of us, you know, she told Gregory that um, the meaning of life is simple. And the reason that we are here is to get our families to heaven. You know, Keith told her, mom, we're going to, um, 
we're gonna we're gonna buy a fishing camp so that all of us can spend time together and we're gonna call it mom sees and you know um my other brother kevin and shannon were were trying to have a baby and my mom said i'm gonna be the first person to hold that baby and sure enough several months later roman was born so we know that she was the first person to to hold him um so that was very special and then um towards the end we um we uh we, my mom started talking to us and and we were very um fortunate that my mom was able to share her experience crossing over and and um she spoke to you know she she told us to, to to continue going to church and to pray for her and that she'll always continue to pray for us um and she said that um you know she she said for us she she told us when she um when she's when she'd see a relative that was in heaven, she would say their names. She named all the relatives that she saw and um, she named each grandchild one by one. Um, it was very peaceful. Um, she, my brother, my oldest brother experienced something that I cannot even begin to, to tell you. He'll have to share that story because I can't do it justice. Um, but you know, before she closed her eyes, she told us, you know, she said, pray now and forever. And that was what she told us. And um, we had the rosary praying um, in the background. And as soon as the rosary ended, she closed her eyes for the last time. And we looked at the time and it was three o'clock, which is the hour of the divine mercy. So um, it was a very special time. Well, I'm going to try to compose myself <laughs> to wrap up this interview. Um, the Donna Field Clement Award is reserved for special earth angels who are called to help cancer patients in their time of need. <clears throat> if you know of a volunteer who should be recognized for their selfless contributions to cancer patients, <clears throat> who give of themselves without expectations in return. Please email your suggestions or nominations to me at Karen at ktsrbi.com or Chuck at ktsrbi.com. Laura, I can't thank you and the Clement family enough for your constant and wonderful support of KTSRBI. And thank you more than anything for allowing us to honor your mother every year because her memory is incredibly special and we can keep it alive this way. Everybody keep in mind that every day is a gift. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for being thank here today. Thank you so much. And hope to see you soon at that camp. I yeah, heard about definitely. it. Definitely. Let's come, come and I visit. I heard about that <laughs> camp. Okay. <laughs> Folks, demand 3D. We're out, Chuck. We're going to let those words speak for themselves and stand alone. Please be your own healthcare advocate and demand 3D.